1: Again, that's patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting. You can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more than you know, and we greatly appreciate it. And now let's get to the show.
0: Uh, I'm a bottomless pit for history. I'm a history buff. I listen to audiobooks like all the time.
2: God, my, my vocabulary sucks. I
0: thought like, mine was bad too, but I was a i stutter
1: yeah eli at uh <laughs> when we were driving one day um he was like i like walt man he talks really good he's got a huge vocabulary <laughs> it's like yeah he does you know eli's eli's from winston county winston county yeah winston county alabama ain't nobody talking with a whole lot of big words <laughs> you know what they talk uh-huh. bardow they, that, they boy, talk that, that boy can Flat out, listen, canning.
0: y'all catch a lot of hell about family trees being straight. I'm telling you, his has got a Y somewhere behind him, and it's half human, half out. I'm telling you right now, that dude is straight <laughs> out
1: somewhere. I took a picture of him, uh, Matt, and he was—he like uh, they were doing this calling competition at the Patreon hunt, and Eli gets up there to do the—he's he entered the competition or whatever. He's a good caller too, but he gets up there to do a hoot owl or owl hoop, and like most people when they do the owl hoop, they they just kind of keep their mm-hmm. their face and they may they may do something with their jaw Talk and they're like oh, 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 oh. you know yeah but eli this boy's mouth like his jaw comes out of socket and it like goes up to the side and it's like <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how he does it but it looks like it a, a freaking exorcist it, yeah. yeah he starts moving like a blown like, up Tom. Yeah, he's manifesting something coming out of his mouth. Moves over to the side of his head, and it's—I mean—and it sounds good too. It sounds amazing. It's a—I
0: don't know. Hey, whatever. Oh
1: man, I took a picture of him. I—I I turned up my shutter speed, my camera one day. I was like, "Yo, do that, hood. I'm going to show you." He's like, "Man, am I really that bad? Is it really that bad?" Like, dude, your whole face shifts. <laughs> He looks like, like an anamorph. I'll tell, tell you what it looks like.
0: You know how in the movies when somebody turns into a werewolf and their jaw like does that weird, like that <laughs> swear to God, and that's what he did. And he had a beat, ah. and his eyes got really big and he couldn't like move them. He just had to like move his whole body for a second. His he, head like, turned. His head turned all yeah. the way around. Like, yeah. That was freaking out. out.
2: That's great. Well, guys, if y'all can't tell already, we have turkeys on our mind. And it's a yeah. it's a very very tough thing um running the the deer hunting podcast the last two weeks we've done a done a series kind of with with david miller jumping into postseason scouting stuff and it was great we really appreciate david and what he he does for the podcast and the knowledge that he brings um for us so we've got parker mcdonald here tonight that's this ate up with turkeys and we also got walter lee in here that's eat up with turkeys as well. So we're I'm I'm excited to see what kind of conversation we're even gonna dive into tonight. So we we don't have a set topic really to talk about. And sometimes mm-hmm. those those are the most fun conversations sometimes. Yeah. Um so we're not trying to push an agenda on anybody. Um we're just here to talk some deer hunting
1: while we think about turkeys. And trying to me and Walt just had a whole political discussion. <laughs> Like the before, last two hours before we got on this on the well, on man. the line here so I do not talk politics
2: I do not talk politics on podcast yeah.
1: I don't really want to talk politics in general
2: you you um, mix that with deer hunting and campfires
1: and it's it's not it's not a good thing yeah but, how, about, uh, how about this how about how you know why deer camp is so great because nobody uh, talks about politics
0: We have different deer camps growing up.
1: Y'all talked about politics?
0: Oh my God, all the time. And I would just sit there and zone out staring into the fire because I didn't even want to hear it as a kid. It was so bad.
1: And the thing is with politics, is in and that crowd, pretty much everybody's gonna agree on the same thing
0: over and over it's like one big circle of <laughs> ideology. It was all the same thing. They were all just in a, just regurgitating it. Yes, yes. And so, then Budweiser flow. And the and black and miles got smoked, it just got even more outrageous the entire time. Y'all, had, like, y-
1: y'all was smoking black and miles at deer camp? Oh man, I grew up with an old school camp, dude. One dude smoked a friggin' pipe, it was beautiful. I didn't understand the pipe. Black and miles is a little like that's kind of like a gas station cigarilla. That
0: older, older generation, though, man, that was that was a like a they were yeah, in it, huh? yeah, at least in southeast Georgia. It was. God,
1: I used to love a good black and miles,
0: I smell it to this day, and I go right back to the doghouse. We had this place. I, at my hunt camp well i lived on my hunt camp i was lucky but there was this old man mr griffin he was like a grandfather to me and he had an old two-car garage out back there. he put a, a a plexiglass wall up had air conditioning pool table all kinds of cool ass antiques in there Oops, sorry you're gonna have to edit that out um, oh no man cool <laughs> cool cool antiques and the boys would sit in the back and we'd play pool while the old men pontificated up front and they would drink budweiser just straight budweiser not bud light none of that budweiser tall boys and smoke black and miles, and they'd sit there in their rocking chairs. And it was a privilege if one of them got up and left, it was a privilege to sit in one of those rocking chairs. And the moment another old man would pull up in his golf cart, your butt better have been up out that chair and back there playing pool quiet. There was no talking to be
1: had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, smelled those black and miles to this day,
0: and I'm right back there.
1: I love them. You know who else? I wife. My wife, she likes black and miles too. Yeah. It's a classy yeah, movie. Let, let me tell you something. Is it though? I'm black and Miles is kind I'm of saying, not a classy thing. But she's only depends boy. on where you're at, what part of the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Cause yeah. I've always thought like black and miles are kind of like what'd you roll weed up in? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Like that was the only reason people were buying black and miles. <laughs> Nobody yeah. actually liked the yeah. they just thought the wood tip wine tasted yeah. good mixed with cannabis. Um,
0: that's out of the doghouse, and those arrows are out of the doghouse. Something like that. When he passed away, he—I—I uh, I got that in the wheel. I got his bow in the closet.
1: Is there? I wonder if there's a good black in there. Probably.
0: God. What? What? What is that?
2: Is it a sheath full of balers? Yeah. Quiver, was,
1: uh, as the bow hunters—bow hunters would call it a quiver. <laughs> these
0: are all cedar arrows. <laughs> that, that, that thing's huge. These are cedar arrows that he—he he glued the tips that, on and pretty, painted them
1: by hand. it looks sharp. Is it sharp? I don't know, touch it. No, it's
2: not. Man, yeah. You're gonna see that on the end of Parker's bow this year. That's his new broadhead
0: right there. <laughs> it's a uh it's a it's a bear. I'm an idiot. FOC I had baby. Five. No, there's no FOC to this
1: area. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I have
0: five unopened boxes of these from the eighties that I threw away, and didn't think they were valuable. They're the old school, but you can get that thing sharper than a friggin' razor. It's old school steel heck yeah that's
2: cool yeah i I know we're jumping in on the deer camp thing my my childhood in deer camp was totally different we weren't like a part of a club that like camped out did fires cooked out me and my dad kind of just like stayed to ourselves and i that's that's kind of how i still hunt to this day you know i guess within the last three years i've really kind of branched out hunting with people but like I hear people say deer camp and I get, I get jealous because like I would have, I would have liked to experience that, you know, but then you also hear a bunch of stuff about people having to be quiet and talking, talking about hiding their spots. So it was totally, totally different for me, you know, from what, from what y'all are experiencing.
1: I know what Walt's about to say, and he's about to get over, get on here and he's about to start plugging away on his, his own little Patreon that he's got going on. <laughs> he's about, to, <laughs> I look. we locked eyes and he's like, I'm about to say it. I knew it was. Saw, Go ahead. You're you correct. Cause you're correct.
0: So here's the deal. If you're like Matt and you think, boy, this sure applies to me. What you should do is pause this podcast, swipe over to the chasing tails outdoors podcast <laughs> and join our Patreon because we have a, hey, we
2: have a Patreon too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But don't we don't have a, a
1: Discord group. Yeah, yeah. And how many channels? Yeah. You huh? We don't have a Discord group. No, how many channels in Polo? In Polo, just
0: one. Man, there you go.
1: Yeah, but
0: in, in all seriousness, we split, wait. Time out
1: there. Since you did that, I just remembered. I just remembered a little wager that we had going on. Which one? Uh, yes, we had a wager yeah. that was.
0: Are you going to bring that back after you waive <laughs> that debt?
1: Did I wave it? You did. When did I wave that?
0: <laughs> right, right after the season <laughs> ended, and I called it Adam. I called Adam, and I said, "If if I win this wager, he's gonna act like it wasn't a real wager. And if no, I lose, you're gonna wave Before we go any further, explain explain the
2: wager to everybody.
0: Go ahead, Parker.
1: So as you remember it, Walter decided. I don't know where he decided it at. That. He wanted to make a bet that he's going to kill a bigger buck than me this year. Wait told Matt sees a deer I was chasing. Okay, well, well, you know that. I mean, did he see if I showed if I yet? showed you every trail camera
2: of the deer <laughs> I have? I mean, <laughs> that get you going too.
1: Uh, <laughs> um,
0: Not in Florida, Hoss.
1: So, so Walter I, I, I got some Florida to, deer, and I said, "Listen, if you want to do that, you can." my and not just because I have just killed a whole bunch of big deer, but you gonna
0: tell them the backstory or not? You gonna maybe do it?
1: I don't remember what the backstory. Backstory
0: was. was you were in a slump because your season had taken a turn, and you were you were poor mouth and everything. And so I texted Babe, which is Adam in my phone, because his wife calls him Babe. And I said, pretty
1: normal thing for a <laughs> wife to call their husband. I don't usually call my, my friends by the name my, that their wife. My calls wife them. calls me Walt. So. Um, <laughs>
0: Don't call I, me. Said, I said to Adam, I said, I'm gonna challenge him to a wager so that he'll get out more. And I challenged you then so that you would you wouldn't like this me. is
1: on the air, so I'm That's gonna fine. I'm gonna ask, you you. ask so, this,
2: so this wager was for motivation for Parker. Absolutely. You were just being a good friend to motivate Parker.
0: This was this was charitable contributions to the Southern Ground family. Yeah. So okay.
1: here's, here's what the what's the the bet was, I guess, or the yep this is what we had to win what you had at stake well, the, yeah here's here were the stakes that's, that's a good way to say it um whoever wins the other has to put an ad for their podcast on their podcast and did i i never even question whether or not this was a real thing so i don't know why you think that i would have because i said it on a podcast we would have gladly had you bu- had you killed a bigger deer. We'd have gladly put an ad on this podcast for the Chasing Tales podcast, which we actually kind of already do because we talk about you I a know, lot.
0: I know. I hear about that all the time. You know,
1: we talk about you a lot. Um, if Drew's on here, we're really going to talk about you a lot. Oh, yeah, well, boy, I'll talk. With me. He loves Jeez. to He loves to get at Walt. But anyways, we haven't done it yet, but I'm, I don't remember calling off that. You called me. You said, so
0: I killed that little six point and you called me. You said, how big is he? And I said he's tiny, and he and he goes so. And I never forget it. He went. So is your season over? And I said, Yeah, I think it's officially over. He goes. (laughs) He goes. Well, I'm not gonna hold you to that. To to that, his face. (laughs) I went okay. (laughs) And I called Adam in that moment, and I said, I told you he wasn't. He was. He was gonna call it off if I didn't do it.
1: You probably felt bad for him. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's kind of like when your when your little boy decides he wants to fight you and you know he doesn't have a chance. <laughs> listen, listen, this this, this this
0: daddy who did who knew I didn't have a chance. I was getting on some really big deer and I was getting really close. And every time I'd call him, he'd go, "Did you get the big one?" And I'd be like, "No," and he'd go,
2: "I oh. <laughs> really hey, those were some big deer that you just sent me." Like that, you know, people don't think that's, you know, where you're hunting. So
1: talking you know? about talking about deer camp too, you know. Um, I, I'm the same as you, Matt. M- mine and your deer camp experiences were probably pretty similar. Dad had a few friends that we would hunt with from time to time. Um, one guy in particular, his name is Dale Washburn. Um just a bit he was a roused about guy. Um, I don't know why I'm talking about him like he's dead, he's alive. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not dead the late great uh, but we know uh, yeah, i grew up in west texas and he's a roustabout guy and he was just the funniest not on purpose like oil field kind of rough around the edges mm-hmm. dude you know god he was so funny and so much fun to have at deer camp he's kind of like more of an uncle really because mm-hmm. him and my dad were so tight so he would he he would hunt with us too when we were out there but for the most part like we didn't really uh, you know, Dad's not a drinker, so most deer camps are people sitting around drinking beer. He don't really care if people drink mm-hmm. beer around him or anything like that. But we don't—we never really did that scene. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I'm talking about my dad, like he's dead too. <laughs> it's it's not—he's alive. <laughs> I'm, trying to,
0: I'm trying to stay boy. Yeah, Dad—that's that's <laughs> not that either. The, the heart of an angel. So I'm just
1: no dad's very much alive he's on a cruise right now hey did y'all know that cruise ships go to Colombia as a port really that seems no. weird it
0: feels like like a mule yeah, transaction seems like, it
1: seems like hey where y'all going on your cruise oh you know korea north korea, north korea. <laughs> really <laughs> we're, we're going to see kim
0: gorgeous i mean where are
1: y'all going on, where are y'all vacationing at yeah. <laughs> We're thinking about Iraq? Afghanistan, maybe? You're going to so- go <laughs> through the sweatshops. You lost
0: all three of your <laughs> Colombian followers.
1: <laughs> you know, it, that's not even a righteous thing. That's like a... You just equated to this, like,
0: what, really bad... What's places. the
1: first thing that you think of when you think of Colombia?
0: Drugs. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, thing? well, Two things that could mess somebody's foot pretty bad. <laughs> I
0: don't know that it's North Korea. <laughs>
1: iraq level but <laughs> i mean I, th- I immediately think of pablo escobar right like oh well, that's a good one yeah and when colombian thought. that's colombia
0: I'm, I'm gonna yeah. i am gonna say that the hot women edge out the cocaine though that i was thinking about like i, I think it might be hot women cocaine
1: really well i think i think about i think about i definitely think about, anyway that doesn't man, have anything man, to do with anything stuff. but we're talking about deer camp are we we were <laughs> talking about deer camp and for me um, I value that the the type of raising that I had, right? Like me and dad are pretty tight now because of I mean, that's yeah. just kind of what we did. We spent a lot of time together. But through hanging out with guys like Walter and going on their Patreon hunts. Um, and then just, you know, the the trip that I do with Clayton Bond to Kentucky with that group of guys, um, some of the tethered hunts that have been on, there's a lot of value. So it's it is a lot of fun and you genuinely I get I enjoy the trip more when you have more people to share it with. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like everybody's telling their stories. You're having a good time, and when somebody kills something, golly, that's like everybody's fired up about it. You know? Yeah.
2: When everybody goes on a track, you know? Yeah, everybody
1: going on track.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't make anything better. Like like the moment is still what the moment is. It just amplifies what happens there. If you miss the deer. Everyone's sad with you, and it's it's a sadder experience, right? If you're on a blood trail, the anticipation's higher because, like, when you kill that deer, you're still feeling that high. When you miss that deer, you're still hitting that low. Um, but because it's kind of like, and I tell people this all the time, it's like having a cameraman. Everyone's seen really well-intentioned self-filmed footage, it captures it, it's a hunt. But the moment you have that second person there in that situation, it's just amplified. It's Mm -hmm. more of what it is. And when you have that deer camp mentality where you can come in and you've shot a spike on public land in Florida and the cabin erupts, like you just won the Daytona 500, right? that is an amplitude of, of an already awesome feeling. Or, or when you, we had one guy, he shot a deer, couldn't find it. We had five guys go back to to their hometown to get their blood tracking dogs and then come back to find the freaking deer. And so like, it's like the very last day everyone's leaving, right? There's only five guys left to camp. Everybody's on polo. And then his face pops up and he's found his deer and like polos erupting and everybody's losing their gourd. It just, to me, it just amplifies what is hunting as it is. I don't really feel like it changes it but that might also be because I came from that past. So that that, to me, that's what hunting is. I've had to develop being a solo hunter and that's taken a lot of energy from me.
2: There's a lot of stuff for some folks. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know. They don't know how to, how to cope with it. I mean, I've dragged plenty of deer out by myself. I've done plenty of things by myself, you know, and now, you know, I'm 28 years old. I'm not that old, but you know, how do I want my, you know my kids. I know y'all both have young young kids. Like, what kind of foundation are y'all setting for them? You know, going forward. You know, y- y'all are already kind of setting up a, a hunting hunting camp kind of atmosphere with the people you surround yourself with. And part you said it very well. Like, you and your dad are really close. Like me and my my, my dad's my best friend. Like, I I turkey hunt with him. That's Saturdays are designated for me and Dad turkey hunting. You know. And then during deer, deer season, Saturdays are me and Daddy, unless I go somewhere else. And so that that's great to cherish, but it's also cool to experience the things as Walt's talking about because it amplifies that. Because when I get about around a bunch of dudes, y'all know how it is. It's like what you turn into teenagers again. You get giddy, you get the giggles, and like, you know, some people are like, Oh, y'all are acting like a bunch of schoolgirls. Well, no, we're just enjoying ourselves. Like it's it's a good time. And you know my my whole voice change. I've I've done a couple of videos with some buddies and like I've killed a doe and I haven't killed a butt with any of my buddies. But my whole demeanor, my face, my voice—I get a high pitched voice going on. You know I don't have a deep voice anyways. But you get excited and you just you know you you kind of go crazy for a second. But that's what makes it so fun and you can look back on and and really take in. What are you when laughing killed,
1: about when I killed that Osceola uh, last week? Uh, i i had never i don't think i've ever had a, like a camera guy film any kind of kill or anything like that And <clears throat> eli filmed that one and i just got country all of, out of nowhere <laughs> and i don't call oh, to air in I talk, war <laughs> i just got like like i don't say the word like but you know how people say like what's, what's going on Buff? Mm-hmm. or Whatever, like I don't say that. I don't. That's not a word. B A W is not really in my vocabulary unless I'm <laughs> making fun of Carl Ray Holyfield. Yeah, that's pretty much the only time right. is when I'm mocking.
2: What the hook gone by?
1: Yeah, <laughs> when I'm mocking ignorant ignorant people. Uh, but <laughs> when I shot that bird, didn't know say that. I don't. I don't think so. No. Okay. Good. It's different. I mean, I know good people. Like I know good yeah. guys who say that. Okay. I'm saying I only say that. When you're mocking or apparently when i shoot turkeys now yeah because when i shot this turkey i just immediately got country and i'm like who who is this fellow what what word did i just use and it just flowed out of my mouth so nicely
0: turkeys bring it out, you man it Next does. Thing You know you're telling a 40 year old man to get it boy i mean it just <laughs> it just it flies off the tongue it brings out who you are i think that's really what matters That's think that's really the lesson here parker is i think you bury your country really hard you have this false persona that you buried, but deep down, you're about as Texan in Alabama as it comes. You see that? Yeah. When you're eating potted meat just for fun. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, dude, I, I'm not like a potted meat guy. I don't love spam. Like, I don't get that. I have found, if you, I if you found get- God's gift to fake meats. I don't know if it's even fake. It's just kind of...
0: Canned barbecue,
1: dude. Canned barbecue is canned pulled pork. You know that's not pork. It's in, it puts pork parts probably there. <laughs> pork parts like bologna. No, it, do you it's get spam? bologna before it's blended together and like compressed? <laughs> get covered in get barbecue?
2: Po- get potted meat and put it on a cool ranch or a nacho cheese Dorito.
1: That's good. Potted meat, potted meat, yeah. You seem like are you being a Vienna sausage guy. You like mm-hmm. those? Oh, I like Vienna. Yeah. You you like, put, put it on a cracker. I love Beanie Weenie. No,
0: I ain't touching the Beanie Weenie, but I will eat a case of Vienna sausages.
1: I don't if like that.
0: Vienna, get the hell off this feed. Just go
1: ahead. Vienna? Uh,
0: Vien- it is not Vienna. It is a Vienna sausage.
1: I have a uh, Vienna. Most yeah. guys in Alabama say Vienna. Vienna? Yeah, Vienna sausage. God. At least most guys that I know.
0: Hey, here, here's, here's the thing I, I listened to. You know, y'all were talking about random stuff being pulled out my butt at the beginning of this podcast linguists right people who studied language in this country southern folks are mocked for their accent the funny thing is if you study the history of language we are retaining our european roots with the way that we talk it's everyone else that should be mocked because they're plebeians because they've forgotten who they are <laughs> so there it is so maybe it's the I, so we they, still go on whoa like, I think we're still royalty.
1: Why am here. I paying taxes?
0: That's a great point. Great conversation. I think we talked about that earlier. We ain't going <laughs> on there. <airwaves. laughs> so
2: we've we've talked about Deer Camp, kind of what it means to us. Did we? And yeah, we have. Yeah, and um, what about the gas stations that have all the Polaroid pictures from like the the eighties? I do you know I ever that, like man? want to go back to that and and be part of that
0: i'll tell you i'll tell you one i'd like to even get back further i remember you run into somebody that hunts and their eyes light up and your eyes light up they go back to their truck and they pull out a photo album out of their center console full of them photos four mm-hmm. by sixes that they got at the 24-hour turnaround place y'all remember that i remember when 24-hour turnaround was a marketing pitch because it normally took longer But you would have it he'd be like oh i think that's jansen's boy and he flips it out and on the back of it it's got the story i mean you'd be sitting there for like six hours sweltering summer heat just talking to this dude oh and look at this one you can't tell in the photo but he's got a split brow back there in the back and he flips it over because oh yeah we found this like three days later and you put it back in the thing and i remember that like i remember sitting there and connecting and the moment you were talking to another outdoorsman he had a stack of photos in the center council
1: and and nowadays what people are looking at when they do that yeah obviously they have they have a freaking eight thousand dollar camera they're taking their pictures with and you can obviously see the split brown times like every photo you, mm-hmm. see, you see is mm-hmm. really well yeah. made you know see um, the eyes on the fly. oh yeah i think i think that, camera. that's one of my favorite things to do mm-hmm. right now is uh just mismatch the flip out of stuff yeah. It almost makes me feel better when I don't have any <laughs> matching <laughs> camo. On. It's funny yeah. how that
0: cycle went about. I, re- I grew up with mismatching camo because I couldn't afford it. I remember uh, wearing army surplus BDUs that I get from the Goodwill. You, did you ever have to do that? They were they, they were double double stitched cotton fabric, so that if they ever tore. you're your stitch, talking about yeah, yeah, about. that's what I grew yeah, up. Yeah,
2: I I would say I did that, but I get to turkey hunt private land in Alabama, so that means I'm privileged. And yeah, um, we're peasants.
1: Bro. World, so <laughs> yeah, we're peasants over here. We got to wait. That's why I had to drive no, to Florida.
2: No, that was a, That was a huge thing. That's like what you said. I think we look at people different now if they have magic camo. It's kind of like <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Isn't it funny? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> totally changed. I don't care that as much. I mean,
1: and that was short-lived. That was really short-lived. Like now people are like I just want to wear solids. Uh, the the like solid solids. thing is kind of a big deal, and I do. I, I'm with you. I'm with all those people. Yeah, and also cool. I also, remember when I felt like such a BA for having matching camo for the first time? I was like, shoot, man. When I take these trophy pictures,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, they're mm-hmm. going go <laughs> Like I know what I'm doing
0: here. No one will ever
2: know. I hit steer with it the sound front. like a bunch of bunch of women matching clothes. Yeah, <laughs> did my, did my boots maybe. go with this top? That's right.
1: Like, no y'all ever been in a deer camp where guys are like man what do you think about this like do you think these pants look good with this shirt <laughs> y'all ever seen that i've I have. been that guy deer camps are probably the worst because because still guys are trying to flex you know people are talking mm-hmm. about their outfits and it's yep. it's real similar to probably like a women's get together yeah look, yeah
2: i'm clear like, this is get- this is a real it's louis not-, not a fake one
0: <laughs>
2: no, I I got like when we went to Kentucky this year, I like did a big order of some clothes, and I was like really excited to wear them. And I think I wore the same same pants like four days in a row, just cause like I, I felt cool walking through the woods, and I'm like I was floating <laughs> or something. It's just it's just weird. Like I I don't get it. Same with boots. I got it's a pair of those like on. Long- not the you get the crisp. Crisp, right, or crispy, crispy. whatever they're yeah, called. Yeah,
1: the crispy thors. I
2: want to, I want to get a pair of that. But like, you know, the on cloud tennis shoes. Uh huh. I've got on cloud boots. Like I'm, I can, I can run fast through the woods. Like, oh, uh, that you was a got that money, bro. My wife got me that huh? for my birthday.
0: I almost said, so, man. Can I can I spitfire for a second? Spitfire. Okay. Are you gonna
1: are you gonna push your Marco Polo group again? No. Uh, okay. No.
0: But has it officially <laughs> become douchey to wear new designs of camo? Like if you're not wearing Mossy Oak or real Tree, it's kind of uncool now. Suddenly, like I remember, you know, when I was in college. I was like, one day I'm gonna be able to afford fill in the blank camo because I'm not gonna try and put anybody on, on blast. And now I'm like, I can't wait to get that stuff off faster, man. Like, I'm like, I want to blend it's, in. I want to look like every Joe Blow out there, bottom land, make me look like a stump, man. Like, I don't
1: it's true. I mean, here's the thing that you get when you when you buy things like first light, sitka, things yeah. like that. Like the whatever you would want to call them, top tier type stuff, KU is probably in there. Yeah, definitely. That you get this functionality that's actually Pretty legit with all three of those companies. Yep. You, you've got really good functionality. Like, I've never owned a piece of Sitka gear. Adam has, and Adam has told me he's like, dude, it's just, it's just the best. Like, it's really good. Like, it's the, the uh which one was it that he was telling me? The fanatic maybe. Oh, the fanatic. Because he wears fan. literally every time he hunts. Like, how everything is designed with mm-hmm. intentionality. You know. Um. But when you see the guys that are like killers, and that doesn't mean that not a lot of I know killers who wear nice camo too. Yep, so absolutely. That 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 absolutely exists. But it just kind of seems like maybe that's not their top priority. I'll
0: tell you I'll tell you what I think. I see a dude walking in and said, Guy, I think that dude just got out of a box line off of a manicured field behind right events that no one else could not even Carl Ray could jump over right like that's
1: just like that are we opening can we blast him now like is that a thing
0: I mean it's public record yeah you can't stop the hop that's all I'm gonna say um
1: they <laughs> I mean, won't really blast a whole lot of people but are that... we even blasting it I mean that's this is a right. public
0: service announcement yeah it's true yeah but I
1: mean, that's what I think when I
0: see it. And and I'm the guy that's wearing the matching name brand camo now. And so it's like I have that connotation of the other dude wearing the same thing I'm wearing. Um, and that sucks because I I like the stuff. I just don't like the feeling that comes with it.
1: Anymore. Yeah, that's where I, that's kind of where I land.
0: Because I, I, I walk into the gas station and it's like, it doesn't matter that I've got a freezer full of deer And, and you know, I shot turkeys last year and then I'll probably shoot turkeys this year and it like. I walk in and like everybody stops and just stares at me. Like, what's yeah. the what you doing out here in the
1: country? Do you want to know more about saddle hunting? Well you can go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters by saddle hunters and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you know me, you know that I love to have a system for all of my hunting equipment where everything works together and we preach about it a lot on this podcast. When you buy from Tethered, you can rest easy knowing that all your gear is designed to work together as a system. Saddles, platforms, ropes, climbing sticks, and a ton of other great gear just for saddle hunting can be found by visiting tetherednation.com today. That's tetherednation.com. Check them out.
2: You can just put out a quality, you know, quality solid that's not you know, I know Sitka and First Light put out quality solids, but if you could get somebody else to do it, you know. I know Bottomland is, like, partnered with Duluth, and they've done some pants. I'm wanting to get a pair of them. haven't yeah. got a pair yet. I've been putting that off. I think they're really good quality. Um, but they're not, I don't think they're the, okay. Like, First Light and Sitka are, like, the designer brand, like the designer clothes at the hunting Honey yeah, they or...
1: fit. The way they fit make you feel like you look better. They're, and they're, yeah, technical,
0: they're technical garments. They're not just a piece of fabric that you put on for camera, right? Yeah, like, like yeah. you're talking four way stretch. You're talking about Gore-Tex impregnated laminate stuff. I mean, it's it's
1: legit. Impregnated, what a yeah, word! Yeah, Gore-Tex. What? Uh, How you yeah, did that? You right. have so such a vocabulary. How does that happen? Impregnated. I just
0: roll off the tongue, man. He's <laughs> that sick as um, but you have you have yes. these different you have these different technical garments, and they truly are better.
1: Today we were outside and Walt said <laughs> we were looking at a cardinal, and his wife was like, "Look at that cardinal." He said, "Oh, that's not a cardinal. That's a red bird." You know what? You're right. It's a juvenile cardinal. Like <laughs> a juvenile juvenile cardinal. Called, Most man. people would have just said a baby cardinal. Yeah, it's not a baby. It's flying. <laughs> a juvenile
0: cardinal. It's a juvenile
2: anyways Uh, to to enforce this uh the clothing deal real quick so i bought a pair of first light underwear (laughs) just because i I wanted to see Mm -hmm. i'd wear them suckers every day if i could afford it (laughs) i do i've got 35
0: dollars a pair and they're worth it you only gotta wash them once a month they're great they're great they're great just hope you don't you know no, if you wear them around work, I mean he now he's got a blue collar job. He actually leaves a desk. I said blue sitting.
1: collar job. Man, yeah. I walked through the woods.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, Matt. We weren't going to say nothing about it, but you killed a turkey today, and this is why we're kind of. we this is why we're kind of, on like for for a while. I was like, hey, I'm I'm turkey hunting. Like I don't really want to think about deer. And you've been taking. Taking charge of this deal, and today you're like, I just want to talk about turkeys. Yeah, it's you finally bad. got you. Finally got to pull a trigger on a bird. Did tell us, but about I'm. It. I mean, I, this isn't. A... We we can't talk about this. Can we not? Is it not allowed? I'm
2: trying to think how I can tie it in with deer. <laughs> I, I didn't see any there deer I was today. Scouting
0: for deer when I was accosted by a wild turkey gobbler.
2: Yeah, I had a turkey try to rape me. I had to send him off. Yeah, thank you. I don't even know what that word Assaulted, means. I've got to pull out my fourth grade vocab
1: book to see what that is. got to work on Alabama, man. Accosted? Yeah. I just don't... I mean, Y'all really making me sound like a pretentious... Even teacher. if I knew the word, I don't think I would use it. Okay. Anyway. I,
2: but <laughs> Matt, now, <laughs> yes, I I did kill a turkey today. Um, It was a very beautiful perfect morning and everything went wrong to begin with and then everything went right within a matter of 10 minutes um i got under some birds and ended up boogering them up got in there a little late they shut up well there were two more goblin about 400 yards away and i trekked it up the hill al hooted located them walked up the hill again al hooted he's about 80 yards i sat down yep three times and He came right in. I shot him. And, uh, you know, that kind of, yeah, I mean, it was, I I killed him at 630 this morning before work. And um, I don't think I've ever killed one that early. Um, I I expected him to still be in the tree, but he was on the ground, had a hen with him. So it was, uh, It got me going, needless to say. Um, I, I know I've been talking about it a good bit today. And I've done a little bit of turkey hunting, just hadn't killed one yet. But that's all I can think about now. I'm ready tie to see a ready. Deer.
1: I can tie it into deer real quick. You want me to do it? Yeah, do Something it. Talk about this uh, hunting before work. Ooh,
2: that's a good
1: one. Yeah, um, that's hard with deer. When I hunt, the, the when I worked at the church, I'm gonna tell them myself, but I don't care. You're really they fire you? Yeah, they can't fire me anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> there were times when. Absolutely. I had every intention of skipping out on some work and just continuing to hunt. Maybe I shot a deer at seven o'clock and you, you feel like you have to post it that way. Like, Oh, it went out before, before work, <laughs> big words before work mm-hmm. and kill it because you, you just can't hold it. You can't mm-hmm. take it until. The weekend, because I think it goes through everybody's mind. Like I can just wait till the weekend and post a picture of it, okay. but most people can't.
2: That's tough. Yeah. I've told myself I'd do it, but
1: I <laughs> can't. <laughs> it's um, it's a real thing. Like, and I know there's a lot of guys out there doing it, going before work.
0: There's a lot, a lot of very sick individuals who killed here too.
1: What do you
2: mean? They've
0: called in sick.
2: Oh, I got oh. you. Yeah. yeah i was i was scared where that was about to go
1: <laughs> no i kind of held my
0: breath there.
1: i wonder in like a blue collar town like coleman where i live dude when, i wonder how many people actually call out I, I there's a lot of
0: small blue tower blue collar towns where deer with the hunting culture is strong they don't even fight fate they just shut down for certain times of the year there was a there was a town in southeast Georgia. i can't even think of the name of it it had one pulp mill and the pulp mill shut down for like the first week of deer hunting season they did not even fight yeah. it It was just part of the benefits you're going to get paid and they shut the dang thing down because they just knew no one was going to be there so why are we going to try and get stuff done
2: yeah Damn. i had a lot i had a logging crew to do that this year really he had one piece of equipment go down and he went oh okay that's a good excuse not to work for the next month and they didn't work for the next month <laughs> they, they went up they have a cabin up in kentucky went up there and just stayed there um and it was you know that's fine whatever i need you to work but if you can somehow survive and not work more power to you i'd probably do it too
0: yeah, he's doing all right he's got a cabin in kentucky
2: yeah they rent it out
0: oh they rent it I thought you meant yeah that. they rent it out got
2: you. but no the the whole i don't deer hunt before work um more. that's i've got as i've as i've gotten older I've, I've understood that like a peace of mind going in the woods is a lot more rewarding than going, wondering, Hey, if, am I going to get a phone call? What do I do if I get a phone call? Um, how do I, you know, what, 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 would what would happen if I got caught, you know, that that's too much of a stress on me to be able to actually enjoy the hunt, if that makes sense. Um, cause I mean, even on weekends, if I have something that, it's pressing for me to do or like i go hunt in the morning and i gotta be back by 11 you kill a deer you can just scratch those 11 o'clock plans out of the
1: way mm-hmm. um
0: so there's a lot of i'm not clear is, though,
1: that it's worth it like at that point if i kill a deer
0: well i think your criteria can change right because you're not going to yes you're like if i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna call out or i'm gonna cancel a meeting where other people have scheduled time it better be fill in the blank it's not just buttoning.
1: yeah yeah let's see i i will tell you now now that i work for myself like today i was working a bird that i honestly should have killed um I, I would really like to kill him tomorrow uh and i was getting work calls and work emails and you know people messaging me about designs and things and stuff that i've been working on and uh like so i do get to hunt a lot i can hunt pretty much what i want um but i don't really ever get like the valuable like rest hunt you mm-hmm. know what i mean i'm out there hunting until i kill something and then i'm gonna take two days and i'm gonna work solid and i'm gonna get right back to it you know what i mean so i don't ever really yeah. get to huge release of like yeah like i'm i'm going to just enjoy it it has happened a few times where i've been able to finish all my work get everything done Mm -hmm. not take anything new and just shut it off and those are those are fun i think that those you pretty much hunt whenever you want
0: to
1: right that's what i'm saying like it's great
0: yeah
1: it's a trade-off though so if people if people want to um if people want to go out and just get it done, like make it happen, go out, grind it out, yep. kill as many deer, whatever as possible. It's a great thing to go to work for yourself and, sure. and kind of be able to make those decisions. But if you value hunting because it really helps you get away from everything else and maybe stick to weekend weekend warrior. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you those for two sure. days can be very, if, you know, it's biblical too um it really is Let, let's talk about this the sabbath is a very biblical thing so much in fact that it's one of the ten commandments of having this day of reset um god took a day of reset whenever he created the earth right like it talks about it in genesis and so i think that we, we really do have to have that like just as humans just as human beings we gotta have this this time to ourselves where we've been busting our tails for six days but on saturday you go out and hunt that's your release that's your Mm -hmm. getting away from everything the way that we do it and the way that i do it is not so much and so a lot of times i feel like it's almost like you almost feel when you're doing it that way it's almost like mother nature's working against you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. It, it almost even not mother nature it feels like just things are working against you mm-hmm. because, because of, like, you're forced to go and and getting that like reset it's you're not using it in the way that maybe it was intended
0: yeah i think it, it also if you don't have that flexibility it also forces you to be very efficient which is something you talk about a lot mm-hmm. is you pride yourself on being efficient when, going when you go in and you expect to come out with something right less
1: efficient now that i can hunt more right but but i
0: still i still you say that but even when you hunt more when you aren't efficient in the time that you're out there and you're not killing deer and you're not getting on deer you talk about how inefficient you're being so i think it's always present in the back of your mind but um i think that a lot of guys feel a lot of pressure with that one day that they have because their career doesn't give them that time they don't have that ability to flex their hours and do stuff and i think that actually that pressure to form Kind of cripples them in a sense. Mm-hmm. I think you, you end up overthinking things. Yeah. I, I, I truly believe the guys like Andy May, I think what makes them killers is they simplify things. I don't think he sits up all night going, I wonder what that deer is going to do. The Joker simplifies the approach. I think they're doing this, so I'm doing that. And he's confident in there and he goes in there. And obviously he's got a pattern, he understands what, what things mm-hmm. are doing. Um what a
1: that's a that's a way to think about it. How many times have we heard people talk about, um, like everything was going wrong? Matt, here's a good example: your turkey this morning, you're running late. Didn't think you're gonna get there on time. Everything's going wrong. You almost my, one of my biggest my biggest Alabama buck that I've ever killed mm-hmm. was on a day where my motor broke down, and I just kind of had to just take the next next best guess. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah, I simplified it. Didn't overthink it. Well, I guess I'm gonna go over here because I can't get to where I wanted to go. I'm just gonna set up on it best and the wind works out for it. So I'm just gonna go there.
0: I cherish the days where there's an extreme amount of adversity. A lot of people in the polo group will sometimes get on there like, oh, this happened, oh, this happened. And you can see them getting down. And I've experienced enough in the woods. There's almost this universal threshold that has to occur like so much effort has, and this sounds really like hippie for me to say but it feels like people are like well, what does it take to do to kill a turkey what does it take to kill a deer it takes what it takes and it feels like you're putting deposits in this bank of i've earned it and that can look a bunch of different ways but it feels like somehow there's like a universal realignment where when the motor breaks down and your trolling motor doesn't work and you're paddling your way into a random spot those are the monstrous deposits into that into that that it takes what it takes um, and then suddenly I got, that's when I killed my or see my biggest dude, the big Georgia buck. Mm-hmm. That was a day every I thing went wrong. That one? No, that's the Florida deer. Oh, that's the Florida deer. Yeah. A hot day. Yeah. And that was a day that everything went. I know that you say that the wind was wrong. The cold front didn't come through. It was 69 degrees to start the morning in, in November. It was supposed to be 47. The wind shifted while I was in the stand and actually blew out into the field that I was watching, the cutover that I was watching. And it was blowing in his face. And the only reason why I killed that deer was because a doe came running out of the bottom that he was chasing. I grunted and before the wind picked up and, and, and really hit him in the face, he skirted the edge of the field and came in at 10 yards and I shot him and he fell 30 yards from.
1: Me. So let's talk about this. We talked about it a little bit last night on Limb Hanger, which there's a plug for Limb Hanger podcast. If you're in a turkey hunting and you really want to hear this story of Matt turkey that he killed, you want to hear some tactics and things like that about it we're going to talk about it some point on limb hanger um we're trying to keep all of our turkey conversation as much as we can there but i did talk about this last night so what's the one thing that i've always seen work in turkey hunting how many times have you heard somebody say well i just sat down and just sat there and he came in or i just sat there for a couple hours and i heard him gobble and went after him this is it literally happened to me today Mm -hmm. I have heard it happen so like so much, so so much to a point where you start to see a pattern mm-hmm. of freaking slow it down. If you'll slow it down, you don't always we we want to be running and gunning and covering ground. That voice in the back of your mind is like you just got to put on miles, put miles and miles and miles. Mm-hmm. When usually, I mean, for me, if I'm turkey hunting in an area, it's because I probably know that there's a turkey there or mm-hmm. I've found sign or I've seen them there. He'll just sit there. I mean, I've killed more birds like that than anything. So we see that pattern and we have to fight it for people. I have to fight myself every single time when I decide to do that. And almost every time, I'm not going to say almost every time it works. So many times it works, Mm -hmm. Um, but we have to fight that. Talking about deer hunting. If we just went in and said, screw it. I think there's a deer here. I'm going to go in and kill him be mindful about wind and things like that. But I I talk about this a lot with Jeremy Aaron watching him on do it yourself hunter. It's like the small things just roll off his back and the big things kind of roll off his back. He doesn't let a whole lot affect how he's hunting or how he's Mm -hmm. doing anything. He's going to do what he does and he's going to go in there. Something bad's happened, roll off his back and he's good to go. Um, And the guy kills deer. I think we really, need to start doing what you're saying and simplifying yeah i re- i think that that confidence is the kind of confidence that actually does kill Absolutely. deer turkeys whatever you're after
0: i think and, and this isn't something that i invented i listened to zach Farrenball one time it was uh the second public land deer tour he was in pa and they're walking in they were hunting this mountainside he was hunting on the ground and he ended up shooting the deer three on the third day he was honing in on this area, and the wind was wrong, and this was that, and all the, he had all these different things. And he looked at the camera, and he go, and he says, "A lot of people overthink hunting, and they overthink what they need to do to kill a deer. At the end of the day, you can't control very much. So find one thing that's to your advantage and leverage it. If the wind is good for an area, leverage the wind. If the the ground is soft because it rained." it's time to be on the ground, use the advantage that you can move around. And I would say in the past couple of years, I've tried to really simplify. I know there's deer in the area for this reason, I've proven that this is a good spot. I don't question it anymore. I look at the set of circumstances I'm given and Brett talks about this a lot. He look, he, he bases everything on him. That's his one advantage. He can control he feels like. I I don't. I look at this from a variety of factors. What's the pressure look like? What what are the different elements that go into it? And then I just find one and I just commit to it. And it doesn't matter how the hunt pans out. I know that advantage was to me whether that's access. A lot of times it's access. Is this an overlooked spot that I can park here, walk around the corner, and just slip right in while everybody else is having to huff a long ways? Um, I feel like it's made me a better hunter. Last year I killed probably the most deer I have since I lived here. And all I did was pick one thing, largely wind, thermals. I, I have I honed in really hard on thermals and feed trees. And I, I took those two things and wherever I found feed trees and I had thermals that I could uh, and access. Probably those three are my, my, my big deal, my big three. I try and align those as much as possible, but really comes down to thermals and finding that one thing that you can really have to your advantage. This is why I get so frustrated and you and Adam bore this out last year. I get so frustrated when I would pick that spot because the thermals or the wind should be doing something, and then it shifts, and that that advantage is taken away from you because the whole hunt was predicated on that on that mm-hmm. good because of whatever it was.
1: Yeah, I'm um, I'm I'm there. I think simplifying the way that we yep. do things would probably up our effectiveness. And I think you go, you're go, go. a
0: bit at fault here.
1: Yeah, because, because all the information that you put we bombard
0: out... people if you want to do this then you need to do this and have you considered this mock scrapes and and rub lines diet time sign versus daytime sign like we bombard people with all this information um but i i think i don't think dan infall makes it complicated i don't think he sits up at night thinking what am i going to do to kill this deer i think he he goes in he scouts the area he relies on that information and he goes into the plan that he has and he kills deer yeah yeah i'll
2: stay up late you too looking at deer maps trying to align the stars. It's yep. the time you're never going to align the stars unless you just, you know, know exactly what it is. But I, I I'm like you, I mean, even, even like a tr- the tree you climb, like I'll stand either. in a spot yep. and I'm just like, Oh, I don't think there's any, a good tree anywhere
1: in here. I, I, I leave. I, I'm the opposite. I get to where I'm, I get to where I'm like, this tree would be so good for this reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This tree, oh man, but that tree has the the creek runs right by that one. Like that's a mm-hmm. range shot for that spot. Mm-hmm. What if one comes out over here on this corner on this edge? You know, that's that's where I get. Like I don't usually yep. finding trees other than trying to just pick the right one. I'm like yeah, yeah. That's and that's that's
2: what I'm saying. It's just we can get in any tree, I and mean,
1: we're saddle hunters. You can hunt anywhere you want to. I didn't get any, Um, as long as I can DRT in it. (laughs) As long as it's big as my hand. Yeah. (laughs) Small
2: Um, tree challenge. Tiny tree challenge. You
0: remember that when I did that?
1: Yeah. The dude that broke the tree and fell from the tree? Did you see the tree that I hung in in Kentucky this year? Uh I didn't get up very high. Um, Two feet. It was like two feet up, but it was like freaking that big. Why did you saw on the ground? because it was a cornfield and they would left a buffer strip of corn to get up just to so i got up just a little bit to where i could see yeah. the opening so yeah. if, a, if a deer walked through yeah. there it actually was a killer spot talk about overthinking things i think we overthink height in the woods i it's think it's all
0: movement
1: i think we do yeah. i mean obviously there is an advantage to being up high yeah but there are times when like that where the best spot just is not
0: brett missouri he ratcheted three trees together so he could be up eight feet off the ground We looked down in the grass Mm -hmm. i mean he said i could have dang near just pulled myself up into the into the platform i mean yeah i i I, I, maybe i'm the only person this is going to be ridiculous have y'all ever spent way too much time trying to figure out what tree to get into and then like it's golden hour and you're still trying to get set up oh yeah I'll, i'll be climbing in. i'm like well i'll go to this one and i'll walk like 20 feet that way and real quiet and i'm like no oh, this tree sucks and you back up 20 more feet <laughs> like i'll climb this one you get up like like two sticks, and you start to question it i've gotten to where days like that i just sit the base of the tree i'm just like screw it and i'll, I'll walk go. i'll walk a whole
2: area like i walk, yeah. almost walk a circle around the area well well my scent yeah, yeah, is,
1: yeah it's yeah. all right there now i gotta go over here, like,
2: oh, what, what, here? yeah like yeah. what the heck like if i have my my tracker <laughs> on i'd like just Walk circles around the
1: place, like a, you know. Like ain't no a deer in Walter here, and no wonder ain't nobody killing any deer. I
2: <laughs> just, and then that gets into my head, you know. You can't simplify
1: that, that's just another factor, yeah. Yeah, man, I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm worse with turkeys, I think. Um, yeah, me and my dad got tree.
2: to fight, we get to fighting over trees uh, that we're going to set up. It's bad, really. Yes, I peace don't. Thorn- he threw his gun one time and got so mad at me. Your dad? <laughs> I like
0: your dad's style.
2: He didn't throw his gun at me. It was just a... Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> you know, I told my dad, this walnut tree is what we're going to do. Next thing I knew, I had a Mossberg 500 stock in the back of my He hit me across the face. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm very decisive when it comes to turkey to the point where I probably should slow down that bird Sunday that I told you. I looked up and I was like, oh, there's my shooting lane. That's how I'm going to catch that bird." And I should have sat my butt down and I go 20 yards and I plop down. I, I did the the inflexible, uh, getting almost getting too old flop. Uh-huh. You put the seat underneath your butt. and You just kind of fall back into the tree. Yeah, the you just sat down? I did that, and as I did that, at that Tom like this around the tree and looked right at me. Went, I, I didn't even raise my shotgun. I knew it was over. He just
1: did you go? Did you do the the infamous? Uh, no, Dad, you, to. <laughs> you
0: back. You back. You like, you? You're gonna get if you don't. You gotta release all that tension,
2: You know. I'm glad and it's not only me. I hit the ground hard when I go son. to sit on a tree. It's like yeah. I could hurt myself.
0: It's amazing we don't scare off the turkeys. Honest guy, have you ever think about it? Because then you take that 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 um, that vest material that's quiet as a church mouse, unless you're up against bark, and so it's like, like a pine a, tree. Yeah, son. Mm-hmm. I mean, the tree just just fell right there. The turkey still comes.
1: Sometimes Gosh. most of the time they and don't. That's <laughs> probably what do will kill turkeys. You know, a Some dude somewhere is like, If you would just sit
0: down quietly, watch this podcast.
1: And to these. <laughs> oh, fellas, I'm getting, I'm getting tired. I gotta get up early. I got, think I gotta beat on a bird.
2: I think I've got ticks on me. I gotta go check myself.
1: I know I you got, got ticks on me. Yeah, I do. There's this whole country song about that. Oh. <whistles> yeah. Ooh, she's right there wow. you are leaning back pretty pretty far in that bed what, what if oh whole- i'm cozy. checking in for ticks his pants are off i'm about to go to <laughs> sleep <laughs> <laughs> it's my bedtime yep it's my bedtime too and it's an hour later here I right, better go to sleep yep hey thanks guys for listening hey guys thanks for listening to this week's episode of the southern ground hunting podcast You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook or Instagram or subscribing to the YouTube channel. And you can be sure to check us out at southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, read some blog articles and all that good stuff. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we'll see you here again next week. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next week.